Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. Be the miners. Sure, they're like three years old. Miners, not miners. If you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. <laughs> I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Every time someone says, I do not believe in fairies, somewhere there's a fairy that falls down we dead. women who aren't afraid to fight, to stand up for our dignity. Transference is inevitable, sir. Every human being has an impact. There are no colored bathrooms in this building. And a simple string of pearls. Well, I don't own pearls. Lord knows you don't pay colors enough to afford pearls. History of evolution has taught us it's that life will not be contained. Life finds a way. Words are, in my not so humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic. Yo, Paladin. Welcome back. This is Bite the Pen. I'm Jen Hansen, and sitting across from me is Charlotte Audrey Martinez. Oh my god, every time. <laughs> we are going to continue our discussion of Aladdin. This is part two. Aladdin, the interpretations. Should we just get started? Yeah. Let's do it. Go. Aladdin. These are the different interpretations of Aladdin, whereas yours were, or ours were, the translations. These are the interpretations, which is interesting to see what they use and don't use, improvements or problems. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a list of them, like we just did with the translations. There's obviously many, many interpretations of Aladdin through time um, and space. And if you Google it, it's probably like this huge list in Wikipedia that's like, these are the movies upon movies upon movies and yeah. movies. And-, and they have TV shows and stage plays and book versions. So if you just Wikipedia, you know, at least as a source, a reference source, a source of reference, whatever. It's a good place to start. Um, but so the ones we picked out were, um, let's see, let's go by date, shall we? The oldest one on the list is from 2000, so it's not that old, and that was the Arabian Nights miniseries, and that was, I don't know what station it was on, but it was very much like a what you would expect in a miniseries version. Not super great graphics or anything, a lot of like theatrical, costumey feeling. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh yeah, but it, it also didn't seem too fake either. I didn't seem to be too distracted by any lack of set or costume yeah. or acting. Well, okay, sometimes yeah. acting. <laughs> um, so there's that one. And then in 1992 was the oldest one. Sorry. Oh. That's the Disney animated version of Aladdin. Oh, the one and only. <laughs> Which, you know, we all love and adore. The next one is... 2000 I should have put them in order 2012 which is Aladdin and the Death Lamp which was a sci-fi channel version after that we're moving to 2019 and those are the two live action Aladdin versions one is called a mockbuster which we'll talk about and the other one is the Disney Aladdin live action Obviously, we both have seen, well, I've seen most of Thief of Baghdad, which was 1917, 1925. It's something like that. that was, yeah, 1920s silent era film. There was Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp, which was 1917. And I think it was animated or something. It was very, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I was like, okay, either it doesn't exist anymore or I have to really go looking for it. But so I watched the, we watched, I watched part of The Thief of Baghdad and you saw that in film school as well. That's definitely one of the silent era films that used film trickery. And the story itself was very extravagant and it nothing like the original story because as I think you said it before it, it seemed to use elements of Alibaba and maybe even Sinbad a little bit right or totally no, or maybe it did I don't know. Yeah. well because the description I read of it was it was a swashbuckling tale and that's very Sinbad Sinbad was a sailor so it has that feel of of Sinbad it has that feel of Alibaba it's very physically demanding I mean this guy is like a bodybuilder so he's not real buff but he's like climbing up ropes and like flipping over on things and this is like 1924 I don't expect that they had a lot of safety precautions <laughs> yeah that was something our film professor was mentioning that this really? was physically demanding yeah <laughs> but this version had no genie uh the concept of winning over the princess was still in there but as far as like fantastical elements it, it wasn't very aladdin like yeah no lamp no, I wouldn't even consider it Aladdin necessarily. 
But but we do get the idea of a thief from totally. this version. Totally. That's the first time Aladdin is considered not just a stupid boy, but a thief who's trying to survive. Totally. I think that was a really good choice theatrically. I understand why they made that choice. And I understand why that continues to be used. Because it's more interesting. And you like somebody who's a thief. Heart of gold thief, you know. Diamond in the rough. Uh, yeah. I was thinking Ryder from, from Tangled. Tangled. You know, we kind of like him, even though he's kind of a douchebag. But we like him for that. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, when I looked up Diamond in the rough, it, uh-huh. some definitions said that it was actually typically a thief who mm-hmm. had a good heart right yeah or somebody who didn't understand law but had a good heart right makes sense that's like literal definition yeah (laughs) which is interesting but we're skipping ahead there was a few other like there was old hindi films there was old indian versions there was one i really wanted to get a hold of but i couldn't find it and it was where the story was played with a little bit we can talk about that more later but so we picked out these ones because they felt like modern interpretations and fairly modern changes in a very small time period so yeah the disney aladdin animated one was 1992 um obviously a classic everybody who has seen it as a kid especially loves it i don't know i assume kids now like it too but i don't really know kids now so they do do they it's referenced (laughs) i mean once you get robin williams in there iconic comedian actor everything Mm -hmm. because he made that aladdin yeah and not only that but it was some of the beginnings of animation for disney anyway so this idea of new worlds Right. Meant also new technologies, new ways of storytelling. So it, of course, made the biggest mark as right. it should have. Yeah. But like, do you, do you, has your cousin seen it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. They okay. know Aladdin. Yeah. Interesting. And if I you just... say Aladdin, they probably will think of that one first. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad young people have seen it. Yeah. It's definitely like the, the one everybody thinks of first that I know of. <laughs> just not either good or bad. It's just what it is. And then I think we should just go ahead and talk about the second one they did. That was in this year, 2019. And that was Disney's live action Aladdin, which we both feared would be much like Beauty and the Beast, what we fear Lion King may be, which is direct copies with little to no changes. And that was not the case. We were happily surprised. Very happily surprised. What did you think? Okay, well, first of all, Will Smith is no Robin Williams, but I had to he isn't? pass that. <laughs> Cuz he did he wasn't he wasn't bad. I I understand why they used him. But we talked a lot about what Robin Williams brought to the table was not going to be easily matched. And Manic I think, energy is hard to match. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, Disney knew that, too, right? They were like, there's no way. What do we do instead? Oh, let's use an iconic figure who's liked by a big audience. Um, and who's young enough to still do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, Will Smith has energy. Oh, yeah. And he brings a good character forward. And totally. even some of the changes they made for him, like him falling in love. Yes. If you haven't seen it, sorry. So, yeah. So one of the changes is that they give a love interest for the genie mm-hmm. and that we haven't seen that in any of the the versions quite yet and it's this idea that the genie can be turned into a human once he's freed and when he does that now he gets to live with her be he this... gets to stay yes. and not be basically used as a slave and sold to somebody else yes. for the lamp that was one good surprise for me what about you i mean there there was quite a few good changes there were some choices that they made i was like what are you doing <laughs> It was like they wanted to combine the animated version with the live action version at points, and it just didn't work. Why would it? But yeah, I like that that Jasmine in this version has a friend, not just a tiger, but also a friend. You would think that a princess would have friends. I mean, at least handmaidens or something, um, which we never see in older film versions, um, nor do we see, of course, in a written version. So it was nice to see, have her have a friend who was also a comedic relief and who also was sort of an equal to her. She was never treated like a handmaiden. Yeah. I mean, they didn't look down on her, especially Jasmine, but I don't think, I mean, except for maybe the bad guys there's that's their job so <laughs> well i was gonna say even the jafar calls the genie well when will smith is in his human form he calls him his slave he's like oh go tell your slave to walk back over there he doesn't need to be in this conversation you know there's like this God. moment and, well, at least for me in the audience i was like whoa uh, yeah that's risky because i don't know if you noticed but will smith is african-american <laughs> and he's no longer blue he's not wearing blue face anymore interesting yes so i, I did like that and, and of course that character is the one that kind of has a little bark 
with the genie, with Will Smith's character, which I also appreciated because it was very atypical in terms of what we usually get from Disney, which is this big, grand love, and it's very deep and theatrical, and this was much more humorous and, like, cute and realistic in a lot of ways, which was refreshing. I, I thought that overall, I mean, in terms of a musical, I thought it was okay. I get why they made it into a musical, um, because they did the first one. And again, still better than Beauty and the Beast remake, that's for sure. But I don't know how necessary it was. And we just both recently watched the Mulan trailer. And that's super exciting because there's no music in that. It's not a musical. It looks like it's going to be pretty realistic. And I'm very excited for that. I'm trying to be like, okay, remember, don't think it's going to be good. You got to go in thinking it's going to be really bad. And I think it's harder because the original Disney, Robin Williams was like the whole package. His singing voice was the bomb. Yeah. So the songs, <laughs> the songs even are timeless, you know? So right. if you hear the Will Smith version, you know, Will Smith doesn't sing to that level at all. Both you and I were talking about this. Like, whatever happened to this idea that somebody just dubs in their voice and you get a magnificent singer. Totally. So those songs can be timeless again. I don't see why not. And I was even thinking, I think I told you, uh, my ideal would have been if somebody like Seaweed in hair, the newest yes. Hairspray was cast into that role. Yes, there's got to be. Oh, right? Young, spunky, actor, singer, dancer. Dance. That's what Genie is supposed to be. He's supposed to be all these things. And I know Robin Williams was an animated version of that. Right. So it's not physically him. Right. But his comedy and his songs, his right. voice, it was to that level. Right. So You we, hit that level yes. with that. In this year, or in this revival, we want that just a bit bigger thing. Right. And if you don't get there, it's like, well, why even put songs? Will Smith is great. Exactly. Use his acting and his comedy then. Totally. But don't try to be Robin Williams. Or if you're really going to go for it, rap it. Because that's what he came from. Right. Was rap music. Right. So if you really want to go for it, Disney, do that. Yeah. Or just don't. It comes across very materialistic that they just want to use him for his name. And that's really sad. It's a disservice to the story. And I think that being said, there's a lot of good changes that we'll talk about in it as well. But overall, it was sort of, it was like a solid B. I don't know. It was like, cool, cool. Better than Beauty and the Beast. That's a big grade. And then we ended up watching something called a Mockbuster. Which is basically like what you would see in a mockumentary or a mockurama. It's basically a film that comes out during the same time as a blockbuster film, hoping to bank off of the popularity of that film. Which for us worked because we wanted oh to God. watch it. That's exactly what it was. Uh, yeah. It was basically the same exact story, same similar looking characters, and it's called The Adventures of Aladdin. Wasn't good. It looked like if a stage version was just reinterpreted into a Hollywood set. It was kind of funny. It was not supposed to be, but it was pretty funny. And we see a difference there again where in this case, Aladdin, right? Is this the one where he has a group of friends? Yes. He has a group of friends that are also, quote, street rats or like orphans or whatever living in the streets of Baghdad. And they go with him on his adventure. He goes in, he does the descent like we see in the translations, but he does it by himself. Uh -huh. um, but his group kind of does go with him and support him. And he's also, how would you like to describe that Aladdin? He looks like a 40-year-old, <laughs> overly muscular. I thought he actually looked kind of Spanish to me, but I can see, you know, Middle Eastern. Or Italian. Or, or Italian. Oh, Italian probably oh sounds better. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's really cute, but also, like, I don't picture that as an Aladdin. He's like a bodybuilder. Yeah. And he's supposed to be a gymnast. Like, the yeah. first thing he does in one of the scenes is, like, launch himself yeah. over. And it's funny because it's not Agrabah or it's not even, like, a version of Baghdad. Right. It's just this flat land that looks like yeah. a Hollywood set and he's like jumping over a tent or something you know so it's yeah. funny it is I mean you know you get over that too but I'm just like really <laughs> I mean yeah it, it definitely has some other elements in it that do make it interesting you have to give him that all of Disney's versions of Aladdin he never has a group of friends or a mother he doesn't have a mother in this one but he does have a group of of similar people and he's sort of the leader uh -huh. of that group which i think lends itself to aladdin i could see him doing that especially if he's built like a bodybuilder <laughs> yeah it's all buff on top don't forget leg day you know <laughs> I, I yeah i like the friends i thought the the gang kind of helped him totally. support him mm -hmm. uh, when the genie came along the genie became a good friend too and the yeah. group seemed to like the genie so there was a lot of interesting 
new choices for that one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some of it is just so distracting. And then what happens to the friends? Right. Do you want to talk about what happens to the friends? No, you do it. Okay, so <laughs> she rolled her eyes. You get into yeah, you get into this idea of a gang who's willing to help him do anything for him. They grew up together, orphans. Of course, the acting doesn't lend to any of that. The acting's really bad. I mean, they just got to LA. They just got there, so they're very lucky. But like, fresh off the boat, which is not an okay term to use. And it's not like the script helps them a lot because in the script. The friends, they sacrifice themselves for Aladdin, and the sacrifice is useless. Yeah. There's no reasons for it, no. and they just get kind of killed off. Not gruesomely or anything. No. It's like by a little dust storm or something. <laughs> but also, why? You know? Yeah, why would you do that? It's honestly the equivalent of a lot of many, many, many stories where they just kill a woman so that the male character has something to grieve, something to, to launch his story. It's the same premise. It's just more obvious because there's a group of them. And they're women and men. I think there's one or two women, right? I think there's just the the one, one woman friend. It's the Smurfette. The Smurfette. Trope. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just... So it's the one woman with the group of men. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's not like I was asking for a feminist or humanist take on Aladdin. No. It was just an interesting choice that they added that wasn't... Con- considering they were mocking the Disney version, the cover is the same. It's very similar they, they did make some interesting changes to it. Didn't he speak to the vizier a few times, Aladdin? Yeah. I just remember that being a little bit unique. Oh, yeah, because the vizier kept coming up to Aladdin, trying to like work him a little bit, yeah. deceive him right away. I think they walked through some gardens at one point, which felt very much like the Hussein version, because he actually talks about walking through gardens. Oh, yeah. Which you don't get in the other Disney films, of course, and other versions of Aladdin. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So there's some interesting things going on there. It's just everything in between was like, what is happening? Tornadoes and <laughs> mystical. A salamander and... that's... Oh, my God. How did I forget that? There's a giant iguana creature (laughs) it's small and you see it a few times on screen it's like the same shot you see as the the live action aladdin disney aladdin where it's like jafar standing there and he's in a room and he's got the bird behind him and you've got the red and the black drapes and it's very ominous they have that same scene except there's like an iguana or whatever the hell it was some sort of creature so instead of iago it's like this iguana that's just staring at him as he as he monologues as he monologues no expression. I mean, it's an iguana. What is it going to express? <laughs> um, and later it gets turned into a giant iguana. That's right. And Aladdin has to fight it. And wow, it is bad. <laughs> it is so bad. Whatever you're imagining in your brain, it's worse than that. <laughs> I think you should watch it just because it's that funny. There you go. I really, I'm glad we watched it. Oh, me have too. something to compare it to. Totally. Then we watched the Aladdin miniseries. That was from 2000, um, and it was called Arabian Nights, and it, it's a cool film. It's very theatery, um, and it, of course, goes through all of, not all, but uh, a majority of the nights of the Arabian Nights, um, and you have Shahrazadi, and you have that whole storyline that we didn't talk about, uh, because you can go read it or see it. They do do, I don't know, Aladdin. Do do. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> and that's a really interesting interpretation. It's the closest to the, the original story. Because? They they make it set in China, which is appreciated because, of course, the original story was like this weird town in China where the lamp was hidden. Where there was a sultan. Where there was a sultan. Not an emperor. <laughs> Muslim characters. And Allah. Arabic names. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but I think they chose to go with, with that authenticity of like, if they're in China, the characters must be Chinese. So I they, mean. They look Chinese. It makes sense. It's really interesting. Right. It's nice to see that, too. You get these similar. Sorry, I'm jumping in. Go on. Go on. You get these, like, similar shots of the city, but it's it's a Chinese city. And you, you get the mother figure, who we don't get a lot in, in the other versions. Um, and she's great. That's she's just how hilarious. I that's how I imagine all of Aladdin's mother characters, you know, just kind of. I mean, it's a little bit, tiny bit racist, but she's, like, greedy. But her relationship with him is just so fun to watch that it, it's kind of, 
I mean, I think if I were Asian, it might be more offensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but to a Western audience, I thought it was hilarious. It was really cute, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and kind of what I even imagine sometimes from the stories, too. Totally. I'm like, yeah, of course she would be spunky when she needed to be spunky. Of course. She's, um, like, living on the streets. And, I mean, they're very, very poor. Right. They do have a house, but it's very small. And, you know, right. she's going to have to be tough. Yeah, and, she's not fainting like in the story version. Exactly. She doesn't faint once in yeah. that series. She doesn't have time to faint. And he he's not the scrawny version of Aladdin. He's kind of tall and kind of thick, not buff or anything, but a little bit thick. And it's kind of nice to see that kind of... He's kind of dopey at yeah. times, yeah. which I like better than being an idiot in the story <laughs> versions. Because he's more gullible than he is stupid. And he's not greedy. He's just kind of innocent. And his mother is kind of corrupting a little bit, but so are the genies. And we get two genies in this version. It's very similar. And it's how I imagined some of the stories in my head because it stuck with me more than the other film versions because it actually takes place in China, right. which is where the story takes place in, which is crazy <laughs> just because you don't see that. And it was more comedic. Yes. The way they characterize both genies, it's kind of like a rivalry. Yeah. And they're just so different. I mean, the first, the ring genie is like this overweight Chinese looking guy. Yeah. Who's Who I think insecure. is white in real life. Yeah, he's he does look white. Very, very, very racist. But it was 2000. I'm just kidding. It, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so long ago. <laughs> but he was funny because he was yeah. so insecure. Right. Um, whereas the second genie looked like a badass dude. He had, like, tattoos. and Yeah. He was, like, bigger than the house at some points. Very serious. Very intimidating. Menacing. Yeah. Which I think, I don't know, in the story versions, it, maybe that's kind of, it lends itself to think that, yeah, these genies were very different because they had different purposes. One was more of, like, the aid, the friend aid. The other one was just the slave who didn't need to be there. He's like, okay, there, go enjoy yeah, yeah, like the, the ring genie felt more trickstery, kind of a dopey trickster, but the, the lamp genie feels a little bit more uh, what I would associate with slavery. Exactly. Powerful, but still completely a slave to the, to the lamp and to his masters, and right. I wouldn't be in a good mood either. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> exactly. like grumpy the whole time, and I'm like, yeah, I get you, dude. He is, he is. I remember that, because not even in the end was he loyal to either either no. master he's like whatever whoever has the lamp okay yeah. you have it okay what do you want you know which is not surprising yeah that's what you get from a difference between a child's movie you know and a and an interpretation even for 2000 right, right. <laughs> and then we'll talk about aladdin and the death lamp which is 2012 that came out on the sci-fi channel wonderful version <laughs> <laughs> just wonderful it's Charlotte. not as bad as i thought <laughs> oh my god don't get me wrong okay all, all uh, honesty, I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't do well with uh We watched most of it, though. Deaths. That's true. We, okay, good. We just skipped over some of the death scenes. We just kind of got to the point. Yeah. Because in between the points were all the death scenes. <laughs> and they seem to last really long, the yeah. way these, these characters die. Yeah. Do you think that's too much blood? <laughs> well, it was a sci-fi channel. So it's not, you know, regular TV. It's cable, but... It was still TV, but it was 2012, so it was a little bit more horror-esque than you would find now. I wouldn't even compare it to Sharknado. You know, Sharknado is fun because it's not realistic. This actually felt a little bit more of the horror genre, um, which I found surprising. But it's a completely different interpretation. I think that's why I was kind of surprised by it. I, I like the interpretation. You said it too. Instead of the African magician being this deceiving uncle, that same kind of character was not only the good guy in this one, but he raised Aladdin and that same friend group was created where he had he had really close orphans that grew up with him. Yeah. So they were family. And it yeah, it makes it feel like Aladdin has more at stake. But even, okay, so can you want to describe what, what the huge difference is in like the premise of the genies and what oh, they do because that that was very very exactly different. the same oh, are they? oh great <laughs> so all that blood and guts and gore just came out of nowhere <laughs> uh aladdin also like in his late 30s like he when he finds the lamp and they release the genie it's nothing like the original aladdin stories and it's more like what you would find in a sci-fi movie they're kind of like raptors meet demons they're menacing creatures. They don't really, they have masters, but 
they do sort of listen to the person with the lamp, but at the first opportunity of a loophole, they'll just, like, kill you. They're more like animals than they are human. Like, like demon, like demon dogs or something. Demo dogs. That's what they called it in uh, Stranger Things. And they kill constantly for energy. So they basically suck the soul. But they, they, they do it by fulfilling your wish. <laughs> so one guy, you know, wishes that he had enough gold that he could bathe in it. And so all this gold starts falling down. And he's like, oh, my God. And then, like, hot, melted gold starts falling over and, like, covers him, you know, and he dies. <laughs> um, so things like that. Like, one guy says he he wishes that he didn't have to move for the, you know, because he was tired. And so he, like, the genie creates these, like, roots that come up and, like, bury him, you know. Wow. It sounds really corny, and it is, but some of it's kind of graphic. And the idea is that there's a shit ton more of them that need to come in through basically a hell gate. That if they can get this door or this gate open, the good guys can either get rid of and banish the genie before the others come out, or the genie will succeed and bring out all the rest of the genies, and then everybody's screwed. And this idea of the chosen people who can do that is still in there, in which case it's not just Aladdin, but his two closest friends also have this symbol that was given to them along with their father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have a tattooed symbol that allows them to open that gate, right? Right. Or to close it. Um, And and his friend is corrupted. His friend is what I call monkey boy. He's like the equivalent of the monkey in Disney animated version abu abu thank you i was talking i was like yagu that's not it that's the bird that's the monkey yeah he's very much that character to some degree but worse he's like you know always tempted exactly biblical tempt who is the most tempted in the bible (laughs) he's that guy (laughs) i know it's a guy it has to be (laughs) yeah which is interesting because then they play with that relationship that he's aladdin's best friend who can be easily suaded to the bad side jealous of aladdin mm-hmm. you know so they set that up really well they and did. I, I thought that that made it more interesting especially when the climax starts because it's all about fighting for the friend's soul like right. we want to keep you a good man how do we do that which doesn't go quite to plan either but there's also they suffered from the smurfette syndrome yeah as well the one, girl. one one female character woman excuse me <laughs> i actually don't i don't know how old they were supposed to be they all look like they were in their <laughs> early 30s or late 30s but I liked her role, too. She totally. felt strong when she needed to be strong. Yes. Sorry. And, yeah, she wasn't, like, overly submissive or anything. Um, representation matters. Yeah. <laughs> we'll my, take it. That's my number one hashtag on Twitter. Rep matters. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to watch it, do not purchase it. It's, like, $13 on every format. Go to PutLocker.com, and you can watch it for free. You just got to get through those, like, gross ads. And then you can watch the whole two-and-a-half-hour film. That is not worth your time, in my opinion. But <laughs> if, or, or if you skip over the gruesome parts, you can see what we mean by the elements we do like. But I don't it's know true. if you have that kind of time. Last one, best for last, was 2009. And it came from uh, – it was – it was Hindi Bollywood, and it was called Aladdin. Aladdin with one D, right? Yeah, one D. <laughs> one L, one A. Wait, one D. Yo, Aladdin. I don't know how she found this, but we were reading reviews <laughs> on the movie before we actually bought it because it was like what, like five bucks? It was some weird it was cheap. Like- Three ninety nine, three ninety nine on Google Play, and we're like, oh man, this is gonna be bad. Yeah, if it's only three dollars, that means it bombed. And the cover is not very good. It's not a. Pre- it's like okay, whoa. It looks like one of the early Technicolor posters that Hollywood would have done. Like, oh, look at the strong man, and it's adventure because there's like swishing of the hair. Exactly, you know? and it's one of those a lot covers. Of swishing. Yeah, but oh my god. She found a diamond in the rough. You've been waiting so long to say that. <laughs> because we both thought this was such an amazing version. Mm-hmm. Entertaining, funny. I, th- it, I think it's comedy. Definitely. But, you know, Bollywood has... It's musical. Musicals, yeah. There's romance. There's family. Adventure. Character there's, like, development. Rivalry. Carnival carnivals. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to talk about it a little bit? Like, describe it. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I think the biggest gift for this version for me 
was how they interpreted Aladdin. Aladdin. He's definitely not the strong type. He's not the confident type. He's bullied. This is modern. Modern India. You can tell the budget was big, too, because it was well done. Everything visually looked amazing. Costuming. Location? Location was phenomenal. Oh, my God. If you just if you just want to watch this movie just to <laughs> see what setting is supposed to be, yeah, oh, watch it for its setting. It has subtitles. It, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I meant that as a good thing, oh. but she made a funny thing. <laughs> I was just I'm so I'm so sick of people being like, oh, oh yeah. there's subtitles. I definitely can't watch it. Oh then. my god, it's so it's hilarious even with subtitles. So that tells you something. Really, and I forget when I'm rewatching it, I forget that it's I not know. in English. They do say a few English words occasionally because it's kind of like Spanglish. It seems like there are certain things that they say in English, even though the rest of the time they're speaking Hindi. Almost in every sentence, actually. Yeah, they they like go between English and in Hindu. Right. Yeah. Uh, Hindi. Sorry. Hindi. Well, I think Hindi is like, yeah. The language, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Meaning I'm not distracted by that in the least. Oh, yeah. The music is amazing, too. Um, anyway, so what was I saying? I'm sorry. Oh, Aladdin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> meaning, okay. So meaning they, they take this very innocent but true-hearted character who is bullied, who's an orphan. He has everything nerdy. against him. Nerdy. Mm-hmm. He wants to be like a singer, you know. So but he wears like sweaters with his initials on them. Yeah. He's, he's very nerdy. He's such a cute. He's so cute. Ugh. Oh, my God. He just wants a family. He feels like that orphan, which yeah. is appropriate because Aladdin is the orphan tale. Right. So this idea that he wants a family. And it's true. he just doesn't know where to get it from. And he's still living a life that's that's very giving and... Pure and uh, sounds weird, but no, and that you know he he instead of being the poor thief, you know he's sort of the wealthy orphan. I don't know if that's a that's true trope, but he's not like extravagant. It's just that his parents and his grandfathers have died, and so he he inherited the house. So he kind of lives in this big house by himself. It's really sad he's lonely yeah and you see that um and then he goes to school which i think is supposed to be university right yeah they mentioned the university a few times and you know we get we get introduced to the class to the right. classmates to the professor right so it's very much like this campus setting right that is then kind of within this city kind of like you know it's a campus town totally. it looks like a campus town totally in, in Asia, india somewhere india. <laughs> india. <laughs> yeah and he he's just constantly made fun of for having the name of Aladdin, which is nice tool. Like, I, I I thought it wouldn't work, but it totally worked. Yeah. And they're always like, are you going to rub your lamp, Allie? And he's <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, it's all this rubbing of the lamp, but, like, the poor kid. And it goes, yeah, they, I was going to say, they keep that bullying throughout his childhood to his current age. Yeah. So it's like, it never stopped. Yeah. It's always haunting him. And the premise is still similar. His parents were looking for this lamp, and it was set to have magical abilities. And they do find it, because you always need a lamp. It's just a backstory, basically. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Um, so what, what's something that you really liked about it? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I can tell you there's a few things I didn't like about it. I'm not super into some of the humor that they use. Like, some things just, you know me, some things just creep me out. So when he's getting electrocuted, which sounds really bad, <laughs> it's supposed to be pretty funny, and it probably is. I just didn't find, I found it very disturbing. Other than these few moments I didn't like overall, it's thoroughly impressing and impressive. Impressing and impressive. <laughs> There's more than one female character, which is nice. Aladdin in this story, kind of Aladdin. Aladdin. He <laughs> he kind of has mother aunt figure in his life, as well as a sort of father uncle feel. The only reason I don't call him mother father is because they don't treat him like a parent. They're not like the wise people that are like telling him wise things. They they feel more like the trope of the aunt and the uncle. Um, who don't always give great advice to their nieces and nephews, but they care. Yeah, you know? I like that. And she, yeah, so there's like the cafe owner that he goes to see every day, and she's like part of how he doesn't probably survive. I mean, he, he, I don't know if he would survive without her just in terms of emotional support because he doesn't have any. And then the genie sort of becomes a friend, and it's amazing. Like, you cry. I cried. I cried. <laughs> And yeah, they 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 casted really well because I think so this, well. this genie, the guy, his name is Genius. Actually, right. that's his name. He's the genie. He's definitely a singer. He's actor, fly. dancer. He's fly. He looks wise. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's 
famous or well-known in India because I saw some other music videos that he's done. Nice. I'm like, oh, of course. But he doesn't like skip out on the dancing either. I mean, some parts he's like, okay, take it, young ones. But like for the most part, he goes for it. He is so impressive on the screen. And it highlights this idea of this upcoming performer too, Aladdin, who's just behind him in far, as far as talent and singing and dancing and acting. Confidence. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I thought it was like the best pairing and totally. the most impressive pairing I've seen between Genie and Aladdin so far. Yes. I think, yeah, like you said, like Robin Williams Genie will always be the genie but a relationship between aladdin and genie this one is real it feels very real it's important it's in part of it you know it's not like the newest disney aladdin where it's still will smith's character sort of a side thing Mm -hmm. and aladdin's main focus is still jasmine of course there's a jasmine in this and he does focus on her but we don't spend nearly the same amount of time with her it's with genus I like that because I feel like there was a lot of room to experiment with the genie in every retelling and reinterpretation. Mm-hmm. And this one, I think, goes the furthest in saying, like, well, what if it's his story, too? Because isn't it interesting to have somebody who's a slave to a lamp, yeah. but capable of love and capable of wanting to save a boy? Totally. A pure-hearted boy. Yeah. Can we uh, maybe play a clip of the first song, which is my favorite song? Absolutely. Cool. Here we go. I just love that song so much. All the songs. I okay, yeah. except for the credit song, which we yeah. both agree is like, eh, whatever. Don't watch the credit song. <laughs> I don't know why they threw that in there. Every song is so well choreographed too, so it's not only catchy, but like the dancing. And it's not hard. It's not like spectacular American um, acrobatic right. dancing. It's very simple choreography. Right. But I like that you're doing moves. Yeah. Can you see them? Can you see my moves? <laughs> I will perform. What, what They're really <laughs> fun to do, though, to be honest. They are. Very catchy. Very catchy songs. Great voices. Like I said, this guy who's the genie and Aladdin, Aladdin. has a great voice, too. See, that's what I mean. Mm. That's a triple threat. Totally. And we couldn't even get there with Disney. I know. Because they didn't want to outsource to other... <sighs> so annoying i know they all they literally would have to do is call anyone in bollywood and be like look we're looking for this kind of person do you have anybody and there would be like a million people with so much talent it's the biggest film industry in the world and it's like so untapped in the in the u.s it's just it's it's amazing because it doesn't seem like it would be all that fun i guess and it's not like i'm into bollywood music i mean Who's into Bollywood music? But now I kind of am. I was going to say, I am. Have I you mean, seen my playlist? Yeah. <laughs> we bought this movie like a week or two ago, and she's watched it like six times, and I've watched it like five times. So <laughs> it's really worth it. And one of the things that I, I read about was that it did very poorly in the box office. And people are stupid, A. B, I think that many of the elements that occur that are working in this were just before their time. There are definitely some problems. Jasmine's character is definitely a problem. It's nice that they put her in there, but she is not used in any good way. They kind of almost treat her like she's stupid sometimes because <laughs> the bad guy, Kasim, Kasim, he like constantly lies to her about Aladdin and she just is like, oh, okay. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like so, at least act better so this looks more, yeah. It's all, It's like an almost perfect version like if we have like maybe seven more years and we have one more version it's okay i want it to be this bollywood except with these things fixed yes i would imagine it's not the reason that it did pour in the box office i'm not sure what people thought it might be we went in completely blind so that's definitely a benefit that we're trying to practice with everything that we see even if we watch trailers it's like nope just gotta assume it's gonna be bad Always assume it's going to be bad because you'll find out how you actually feel about it. You kind of like turn off your judging brain in a good way. It's still there, but it's focused on something else. I don't know. That's what I've come to understand anyway. The more you say that, the more I'm going into movies with just an open mind. Yeah. And no presumptions, no expectations. See, for me, I'm more extreme. I know that if I go in open-minded, I'll still get into that problem And so I have to go in assuming a movie will be disappointing. Got it. And that is strong enough for me to counteract it. 
So yeah. maybe you don't hate so many movies like I do. <laughs> so maybe you can go in just like neutral. Yeah. But for me, that's not possible. <laughs> it's just reverse psychology in some way. When you're looking for bad things, you see the good things. And when you're looking for good things, you find all the bad things. So if you look for the bad things, it's really counterintuitive. You'll find all these really awesome like gems, even in a poor movie. And that's not this one. This one is excellent. Different story. It's a really interesting. You're going to be very surprised when you reach one part of it. You're going to be like, what? What movie is this now? Um, but it still works. And the villain, I mean, okay, the villain is not complex by any means. No. But what they decide to do with him and this rivalry between him and Genius, mm-hmm. I thought was really well done as well. Definitely. Because, again, this this idea that they come from the same place and one has fallen from grace. Yes. Yeah. My favorite trope. Totally. And and he kind of reminds me of Danny DeVito and Dumbo. Oh, yeah. The villain. He's got that kind of vibe, maybe a little less... Danny DeVito-esque, but... But pretty silly. Yeah, pretty silly, kind of not... He's flat, but he's he's like the penguin. Danny DeVito again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> you know, like, he's not super scary or anything, but it's interesting, and it's got this carnival thing going on, and they have powers, and his group is working on stuff, and the lamp has astrology symbols on it. So there's kind of a weird mix of things. It's not by any means focused on Hindi mythology. It kind of takes from everything in the best way possible. Beautiful. <laughs> That's exactly how I would have put it. Go listen to the music. You will never stop. It's fantastic. So those were all the movies we watched. Yay. Go watch the Bollywood version <laughs> right now. <laughs> the end. 2009, Aladdin. Oh, Aladdin. So should we talk about the evolutions? Let's talk about some of these characters and what we're noticing and liking and not liking. The evolution of the genie, I think, is the most fascinating because it goes from practically no mention and no role at all to something like the Bollywood version where it's all about him and his relationship with Aladdin. So very beginning gallons, right? There's a ring genie and there's a lamp genie. Mm -hmm. They both do what are commanded and disappear. And they're in an Islamic tradition and from the Quran I think the genie was this idea of they're neither good or bad they're somewhat supernatural but they're more human in that they they do die they are actually like they're flesh and blood but they're also able to disappear and reappear because I think the the etymology of genie is Mm -hmm. cloud or transparency or it's this idea that they're not visible so it's almost like an advanced black magician yeah maybe right i mean isn't that kind of what the black magician is not as advanced (laughs) you know what i mean well (laughs) yeah and it's more i think it's more of a supernatural spirit that can be very earthly gotcha and that it's it's still human gotcha but i I also like this idea that they're neither good or bad they're not angels and they're not demons and they're supposed to predate adam flamingos they're not good or bad Oh, I was like, <laughs> they came before Adam and Eve? I'm sorry. I was <laughs> well, trying to think of a did. comparison. <laughs> They're supposed to predate humans and be somewhat superior. But along those lines, they they became enslaved at some point. And there's a lot of mythology behind the genie. But in any case, in the original story, that's what they were used for. Is this idea of, yeah, you're neither good nor bad, but you're an aid when your lord calls you and i mean lord meaning whoever is in charge of the lamp gotcha the master i was like god <laughs> can you hear me <laughs> i was gonna say in gallon's version the genie calls aladdin my lord interesting that's why it's very english i know of course but gallon was gallon english i'm not gallon who's the other guy burton burton excuse me all these white men sorry <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so we go from that. Um, The next step might be, I think, in the Western movies at some point. It's not Fairbanks. It's not the silent era one. 1940s. Whoever did the 1940s version starts to humanize the genie. Interesting. That's one I didn't watch. I probably shouldn't. Yeah, I've never seen it either. I was just reading the description a little bit. In one of the versions that I couldn't find, as I mentioned before, it was the only version, and I believe it was Hindi, it had a genie that was female, (gasps) and that genie became the love interest of Aladdin. And Jasmine was apparently still in it, but the love interest is the genie, which I thought was really great, and it made me think about if the Disney live-action one, if they had flipped the side characters, if, if the genie were the woman and Will Smith was her friend or something, oh, yeah. just to play with it a little bit. But I'd never heard of that, and I haven't seen that in any other version 
Um, and it's too bad I can't find a copy of that because that would be really interesting. Um, but I think that was in the like 40s or 50s, oh. a pretty old version. But how has that not been played with since? That just blows my mind. Yeah, because then it's this idea that, well, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's very offensive to think like a man will own a woman. But of course. Uh, considering that the genie is still somewhat of a slave to the lamp, what is this guy who's falling in love with, with the genie going to do? I, yeah, I think there's a lot of room there to come up with a different meaning which is an interpretation in any case i think it's all of these other versions including the disney took from this 1940s idea that the genie is not just a tool let's make it a character totally especially with all this mythology behind genies right right? they were so focused on the idiot boy that they didn't even see that there was this other really cool character here And then the other thing I wanted to kind of mention about the evolution of the genie is that I think at some point the idea of a black magician, a vizier, and the genie kind of got mixed up a little bit because they all have to do with potentially villainous aspects. So black magician, when... That's Alad- what they call him, okay? Just to put that oh, out Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think uh, we've already said that, but I'm oh, just okay. throwing that in there. That's not me. Yeah, for sure. In the story written version, <laughs> yes. they call him the black magician. Or the African magician, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they call him both. Oh, my God. Am I the one that's been saying black? Maybe none of them say black. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, everybody. Well, well, okay. Well, first of all, African is proper, and I think black is as well. If you were to say African-American, that would be an issue because he's not American. Right. Okay. Um, and a lot of black Americans prefer being called black american as Ah. opposed to african-american because they're not from africa i mean they are like in lineage but i'm from ireland at some point you know what i mean totally they just don't resonate culturally with it so got it got it i think that's why it sounded familiar to use that term i speak for all black people is what i'm trying to say uh i never get in trouble for this ever Please correct me if I'm incorrect. But I would love to hear it. In all respect, the text does say African magician, which is appropriate because it's he's supposed to be from Africa. Right. Totally. So that one is correct. Of and course. I'm the one that was incorrect. Um, <laughs> my apologies, everybody. But the the theory behind the African magician from the story, the original Galen story, is that in Islam at the time, this was, I think, 800, the year 800 or so, all of these European astronomy astrology science texts were being translated to arabic interesting the arabic nation it was kind of going through its renaissance people were starting to appreciate sciences in new ways and foreign languages weren't even like welcomed until this era and suddenly all of these texts were being translated cool so i think this introduction to assyrian scientist kind of translated then into this character which is now the african magician who is sinister Mm. who practices dark magic versus good um not that there was anything you know considered good magic at the time right but all of these this new science would have been different scary and they attribute it to magic so the theory is that character kind of stemmed from that era in baghdad where these sciences appeared so my my question was then why use a guy from africa but of course, even when the text of Gallen's time was being written, anything from Africa was considered too different and too scary, right? Yeah. Um, col- uh, col- colonialism. Um, slavery. Slavery, all of that. All of that. <laughs> so this idea of African magician. It's threatening. It's, it's the equivalent of how white people reacted to black people in the 50s in America. You right. know, right. it's like, well, who's the worst we can think of? Who's the most sinister person? We could ever think, oh, a black man, definitely a black man. Right, right. And for that time, a magician, let alone a black man. Right, right. It doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Seems very historically accurate, even though it's disheartening. And then, well, then my point then is that with that came this idea that maybe the the genies, the I'm sorry, what's the jinn? The original term is jinn. Right. All the early illustrations of the of the genie or the jinn were dark skinned. So I think in some, not only some illustrations, but then some movies kind of interpreted the genie as an African man. So there's that aspect, which comes to Will Smith, right? Right. Of course, the original animation of Disney was like, no, we have to make him blue because blue is associated with the good side Mm. and red is associated with the bad. And they didn't want to tackle slavery. And that's too much for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So by now we're like, yeah, Will Smith. We love Will Smith. You know? African-American and still kind of in that, yeah. Or black American. Black American, yes, thank you. (laughs) Um, So there's some some mixture of that evolution in there. Um, And then the vizier being Mm -hmm. then combined into the African magician 
and the sinister minister or early viziers of the sultan who maybe were villainous. So what did viziers do? Viziers were like the aide for the sultan. And this one, like the the vizier. <laughs> you couldn't see me, but I had this little gesture of, of oh, I'm a hearty. Like the Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning they had a lot of power and a lot of influence on the right. sultan. So if they did want to get rid of a prince, for example, they knew how to do that. They knew how to persuade the sultan. And that comes, I mean, that's even in the Arabian Nights, right? I don't know if it's, I think it's in the original. I it assume. is, yeah. But that the vizier is a part of what's going on with Scheherazade and the storyline I can't remember what they call it there's a term for it uh, when it's a story within a story like a frame well frame yeah frame story of all the stories something like that (laughs) anyway the vizier the idea of an evil or backstabbing vizier is not far off in the culture so I think they that's why the Disney version eventually got rid of this African magician idea. Well, so did the early silent films too, right? They yeah. were just like, no, let's just combine it into this vizier totally. villain. Which feels less racist. Thank you. <laughs> it is. It is. And by then the Western, the Westerners had already made the story much more Middle Eastern versus Oriental. Right. So they're like, yeah, let's make a vizier the evil one. So the African disappears altogether and maybe kind of jumps into the genie. Right. So interesting. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Well, and then the genie becomes a totally good guy. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's still bound, meaning that he can do evil when his master tells him to. And that's the problem in both Disney versions, right? Uh-huh. But we don't see that. Do we see that in any other version of Aladdin? Not quite. They're either, what do you call it when they don't want to pick a side? Indifferent. They're either indifferent. indifferent. So it's like neutral? They're neutral <laughs> or indifferent. <laughs> They're Switzerland. <laughs> Or they're super evil in a sci-fi version where they just kill right. everybody. Right. But they're more like creatures in that one. You're right. Yeah. So it's not. They're like demons. Demons. Exactly. Yeah. They're demonized or right. they're angelic, like right. in Disney, where they're made to be more angelic and saviors. And there's still, I mean, definitely, definitely. Don't get me wrong, but there's still definitely that aspect in the cart in the animated one uh, with Genie, where he's just like, I can't do anything about this right you know right um and i find that very compelling and i'm glad that the bollywood version even gets more into the genie because there's so much more there wouldn't you want to know more can we say what the genie does in the bollywood version yes the but you int- have to watch it too and you have to watch it yeah, i know we're trying to give everything away <laughs> just in case you don't watch it it's so worth it i promise because <laughs> they go a step further in the bollywood version with the genie and that the idea is if the genie goes against a wish that they become human, it's the weirdest thing because the genie wants to be free, but he wants to be free on his terms, which is to be magical, magical while still being free. Right. That's the ultimate. But if he goes against the wishes of the lamp owner, he just becomes human without any magical abilities. And in the Bollywood version, I won't give it away because I really, really want you guys to watch this. (laughs) But he does go against the wish of the lamp owner. Right. And in doing so, and it's a sacrifice. I mean, he does it in sacrifice to save Aladdin. So that moment where he he becomes human is so worth it. Yeah. Because the genie suddenly is more than a genie. He's human and he's learned a human lesson. But that's not the whole ending. No, it's not. So we didn't tell you everything. Nope. Meaning that you need to say it with me. Go watch it. it. <laughs> I actually meant the person, but thank you. <laughs> sorry. No, 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 sorry. I'm like, oh, me? You're talking to me, right? <laughs> I am looking right at you. So I, no, that was for all of you. Yeah, it was for everyone. Where were we with that? Um, genies. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, anything else to say about the evolution of a genie? I, I do think that one of the other options we talked about in a Disney doing a second Aladdin was instead of using somebody like Will Smith, for instance, using a comedian, because that element really changes how you view Genie. Um, and in the Bollywood version, he is very funny, but he he's a good actor, so he can do more than just funny. And obviously a comedian wouldn't usually be able to sing and dance. It's not usually part of what they do, but that would be permission to use dubbing and i don't know that he even needs to dance that much um he's the genie like even in the prince ali song we see will smith kind of moving around in both versions he's like in the crowd trying to build him up he's not necessarily dancing right so i think that would be interesting because then we kind of get this 
cool dynamic of a genie like a genie a genie is bigger than life Mm -hmm. so let's make them bigger than life yes you know let's take two or three even really talented artists and make it into one let each artist do what they do best you know like that would make it seem more magical if you could make that seamless if you're disney you have the money like try it you don't even have to like produce it for people to see it just try it on your own what Pixar can do is amazing, so I'm sure you can figure it out <laughs> in terms of story development. Yes, yes, I agree. But yeah, so yeah, this character is definitely the most changed in its evolution yeah. from nothing to the main character. Yeah. You know? yeah. And we can still go further, as you said, just yeah. completely develop the genie. Totally. Because it is. It's the one fantastic, not the one, <laughs> it's the most prominent fantastical element, even in the original story, even yeah. though it's hardly used. Right. It's what makes all of the fantastical elements come alive. Right. Yeah. And I agree with the vizier slash magician character. It seems, it makes sense. It was sort of a role that they, especially in like film and TV and even stage play, it makes sense that they would sort of converge two roles into one because you need to do that sometimes it's not a book you don't have time jk to like <laughs> spend years on a screenplay okay <sighs> JK. But, and for the benefit of the story for the benefit of the story yeah. and the the momentum and everything everything the payoff so interesting fact mm-hmm. there was a in history, a historic Jafar, and he he was a celebrated minister, especially for his time. He was supposed to be this really kind-hearted aide. Okay, <laughs> seems like an opposite direction. <laughs> I, yeah, and he was called the greatest wit of his age. Dang, a lots of power over administration. But strangely enough, I think he was killed off during this like political coup change or coup yeah Damn. so there there was this idea that the vizier and and the ministers were historically valuable to any ruler or sultan so i think i think the idea of jafar even though he was turned into a villain that same name was historically famous and this idea that he was witty knowledgeable already gained power because we never actually get an idea of where jafar came from no right in the disney version Mm-mm. or any version of jafar yeah so i think it was interesting to read about it suddenly he was so much more well respected in my mind yeah i'm like oh my gosh so this guy could have totally turned evil and had that much influence over the sultan interesting mm-hmm. see another great story that we would like to see yeah because uh, that adds another dimension to it another layer because he's pretty flat at this point in the disney versions exactly he's like a bad guy works with the government <laughs> never see those you know and he just wants nefarious things but there's no sense of like he was once good or brilliant exactly. or anything else if anything they attribute his sinisterness <laughs> his evilness to magic right he practices dark magic he's a sorcerer or not quite a sorcerer but well Almost. Later he is. Yeah. <laughs> Momentarily he is. So yeah, that's just an interesting fact. Interesting. It's very interesting. Did I say it was interesting? I think you said it was interesting. It's a fact that I find interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so one of my questions to you was, why does this story resonate with so many people? And you had a very interesting answer. Did I? I thought it rung, rang true. Rung, rang. It dinged. It dinged. <laughs> Please share. What did I say? Oh, what was my, my response? Let your me look at your notes. Was oh my, Jen, that is such a great point. My answer to you is dun, 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 rags to riches. Oh yeah! <laughs> I not only sound like a computer, but I am <laughs> well, so correct. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. I did. Yeah, and I do believe that the trope of rags to riches story again going back to our aristotle episode (laughs) this misfortune to fortune that's what is timeless about this theme right and it it does seem it's hard for aladdin to be liked in the original text right because he is supposed to be stupid and greedy greedy and and good for nothing it's hard it's hard to like him until you get into the story and he he changes quite a bit which is so opposite but whatever right but there's still the allure of right this poor boy who suddenly is granted a genie which is basically being granted anything you want in the world it's better than a lottery right it's bigger than a lottery (laughs) because you can do three right yeah three wishes although in the original there was no limit of wishes that's true that's true so even more but then this idea of what the character does with that power 
Mm. That's the lesson, and that's the timelessness. Because even Shahrazadi at mm-hmm. the end of the tale says, "What can you know?" How she sums up each story, <laughs> she says, "Aladdin had everything at his fingertips, but he used it only when he needed it." Right. So I was like, "Yeah, that's the theme." Yeah. Is that even when you have all the power, you can be very careful with it and still solve problems as they come along. You don't need to be a playboy. Right. You don't need to go extravagant. Gal- Galand. What's his name? Galan. Wasn't that him? Or was it Burton? Burton. Oh, Burton. Right. Burton. Burton. Yeah. What did you What did you think about that theme or that idea of rags to riches or why Aladdin works timelessly? I didn't realize it, the rags to riches, like I did with like Cinderella. I, it didn't come across as blatantly, which is probably a good sign. I think that means it's more embedded in the story, which is good. And it, it makes sense. I mean, it's just not what I thought of first. You know, it's careful what you wish for comes to mind. Um, but this rags to riches is bigger than that. And it's much older than that. Um, careful what you wish for, I don't believe was around in the 400s. But rags to riches, of course. Anytime there was an opportunity for somebody poor to become richer, rags to riches was there. And underdog comes into play it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, there's a handful of story types that we gravitate towards. And every story has one. It's just some are more easily detected by the reader or more obviously detected. And I think I would argue that some films, uh, some stories confuse storylines and try to use too many um, or try to turn it but turn it in the wrong way. And I think like Joseph Campbell, what we've talked about with Joseph Campbell is similar where, you know, you can you can change it, but you have to know what to change. Some things are not worth changing. Um, this came up for us in real life with Star Wars, the m- most recent Star Wars. And I think it was just a really good example. And that's why I use it so often. The argument uh, was that it was re- received well because people liked that it didn't take the stereotypical storyline. And that's just completely nonsense in so many ways. You don't really... A stereotypical storyline is one that doesn't hide it well, which is poor storytelling, first of all. And there's a reason these kinds of formats work, because it speaks to us in one way or another. It allows for us to have a catharsis, like you're talking about. Um, with Aristotle, it allows us to have an emotional reaction to inspire us or make us sad, you know, like these are all the things that we want from books and stories and films, anything with a story, comic books, whatever. Um, <laughs> I just ran out of breath. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, there's a difference between working creatively with formula and then tricking us. And that's what I thought Star Wars did was trick us because they were giving us what we thought we wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're you're tired of these these formulas. Well, let me just swayed you completely. And in that case, you lose us. Yeah. You can't tell a story if you trick your audience in that way because there is no catharsis. So you're just being tricked. That's what it is. It's not being tricked cleverly or in a story. It's just being tricked. I would say it's in the top 50 rules of screenwriting in general is you never trick your audience. You can twist you right. know, you can reveal, you can do all kinds of things that manipulates the audience. But if you trick them, it typically is a disappointment and it turns people off, like you said. Right. I don't trust you anymore. I don't really like you. And people maybe use that as a, an excuse to use a trick. But I would argue that it, it's it's not, it doesn't work. It's not like a magic trick. A magic trick doesn't make you feel stupid. Right. Whereas a trick in this sense does. And that excludes people. It doesn't make you want to. Why would I want to celebrate a movie that makes me feel stupid? (laughs) And I think that's why Aladdin is timeless, because they stick with a formula. They know the formula is there for them. Right. And all you can do now is change, is change the, yeah, tweak, change, experiment with character, with scenarios, with locations, with gender. (laughs) Race. Yeah, because the catharsis will always be there as long as the rags to riches is there. Right. As long as the the fortune to misfortune is, oh, sorry, misfortune to (laughs) fortune is there. The tent poles of the story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think the love aspect helps a bit too. Yeah. I think I think Aladdin should always have some sort of learning to love idea totally. there too. It's for it's it makes sense. 
even if it doesn't speak to me directly right. i'm grateful that it's not a huge part of the storyline i think that's what, what kicks me out of like princess fairy tales i don't get kicked out of red riding hood the same way i do with cinderella oh i see yeah you know, because it doesn't speak to my existence so i'm like why do i care totally <laughs> I mean, sucks bro that you have to clean the house for these evil people but <laughs> like i don't really my answer would not be to go find a prince right I'd fall in love in one night not fall in lust because that's not real oh that was the other element we said if we are a perfect aladdin version yeah. years from now would have aladdin not falling in lust but falling in love which means equality to begin with getting to know her before he falls in lust i mean not even yeah i was gonna say not even having romantic interest at first right having a friend or tangled companion or yeah yeah tangled did that well where they had like a mission together and that that and was they didn't particularly like each other right i like that too i mean don't get me wrong he was very you know typical man to begin with of course like, oh my God, you're beautiful. Well, he doesn't actually say it but he just like has this moment of staring at her yeah but then it like it's gone right in order right. to be funny and that right. was great and if anything i would assume that he was using that to some manipulation oh yeah because he's not really that type Right. You know? Uh, thank God for that movie. That movie just <laughs> blew me out of the water. We'll have to do that movie at some point. Ooh, yeah, Rapunzel in all of its forms. Oh, God. Or is that too much? No, Because then Mother Gothel? Oh, God. I know. We would have so much to say I about know. Mother Gothel. Yo, Aladdin. To end our segment of Aladdin, I have a, a quote from Hussein Hideaway. 1994 he wrote an introduction to his 1001 collection. So this is the final paragraph of his intro. <laughs> I am presenting these stories without any special claim to authenticity or uniqueness. My sole aim in offering this volume is to fulfill a literary gap and to entertain the reader in the hope that, in time, others will do the same, with versions of their own more suited to their time, that thereby beauty's rose might never die. Beautiful. I know, right? Right. I love him so much. <laughs> okay, well, this is us. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Bite the Pen. You can email us at bitethepen at gmail.com. We're now on Facebook. We have a Facebook page under the same name. Um, and if you'd like to listen to other episodes, you can go to www.bitethepen.com. Bye. Bye. <laughs>